full of chatter so we may do our best to listen God is speaking let us worship amen there's already a very sweet spirit here this morning I invite you to stand and worship with us Every breath that I am able 
Good morning, church family. I'm Deb McCormick, and I'm here this morning so that we can share together um, any God sightings we've had this week, any times where it's like, um, I just know that was the Lord, or, um, and I'll start out. So I'm just uh, get a text on my phone, and it's just Amanda, and she's checking on me, seeing if I'm all right. I'm fine, nothing going on, but I just thought how precious um, to have that connection. And it may have been Amanda's phone, Amanda's text, but I heard God's voice saying, you know, just saying hi, just seeing how you're doing. And um, I just, yeah, I just love that. It was wonderful. Does anyone else have something to share this morning? So sometimes there's answers to prayer that you can't share in detail because of other people's lives and their journeys. And I want to share two such answers without saying anything. One was some of you prayed uh, in our Bible study group, prayed for Sunday. Uh, last Sunday we were down in Austin, and God answered some of those prayers. So I want to just acknowledge that. And then I come into church I pray with Deb over something specific, and wouldn't you know, within minutes, God had answered that prayer. So I just want to praise God and and just um, you know just encourage us to intercede for one another and um, join with each other. You never know how God will answer uh, when it says when Jesus said when two or three agree on something in my name. You know, there's there's real power in that praying together. And, uh, you know, we've done that, we've done that, and uh, God's answered. Praise God. All right, anyone else? And if there's someone on uh, Zoom, they can just put their name in the chat and we'll highlight you. You can share. Yeah, all set? <laughs> I'm going to invite you to stand one more time. This is a, an, an old song, um, and it talks about surrendering, surrendering our all to Jesus, and that's, uh, that's, that's a big commitment. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize when you're surrendering all, that means all. Um, but I grew up with this song, and it was always, uh, we always had an altar call at the end of the service. And... This was a altar call song. Um, I never sung it in any other context but that, but it just fits today.
Hey, good morning. Welcome. My name is Greg, and um, we're going to be doing something a little bit different than we're used to this morning. And actually, for the period of Lent leading up to Easter, we're going to be doing liturgy. So if you don't know what that is, it's all right. We'll get through it together. Um, but yeah, so uh, for the liturgy, it's common to stand. So if I could have everyone stand, if you're comfortable with that. Um, it's going to go call to confession, and then prayer of confession, and then words of forgiveness. And in that prayer of confession, there's going to be screen prompts, so you can follow along with that. Call to, call to confession. Friends, if you are seeking grace, this moment is for you. If you are seeking growth, this moment is for you. If you are seeking honesty, this moment is for you. In the prayer of confession, we admit to ourselves and to God that we do not have it all figured out. And in that vulnerability, we are surrounded by God's grace. So let us pray together using the prayer of confession visible on the screen. Let us pray. All together. Holy God, too often we treat your word like a radio station, something we can tune in and out of when it's convenient. Our minds are full of ads, emails, news updates, and notifications. In the midst of this clutter, we tend to gravitate toward the voices that think like us, easily ignoring the voices being silenced, easily ignoring your voice. Forgive us for failing to listen. Forgive us for getting caught in distractions. Forgive us for getting your voice sounds like. Drain the distractions from our minds and help us turn once again toward you. With earnest hearts we pray, amen. Words of forgiveness. Friends, even when we tune God out, even when we prioritize other voices, even when we do all the talking and fail to listen, we are still held by God. Our sins are forgiven. Nothing could ever separate us from God's love. So with joy in our hearts, please repeat after me. I am loved. I am held in grace. I belong to God. Amen. All right, good morning. Again, welcome to Genesis. My name is Liv. We are glad that you're with us this morning. Just a few announcements. Um, please take a moment to let us know you're here, especially if you're new. We either have a digital connection card on our website's homepage, or there might be some physical green cards in your pew. Or if you are new, if you are new to Genesis, text new to Genesis, all one word, to 94,000. And we can get you added to our text distribution list and that way you can communicate with us easily that way. And you can place that green card if you fill that out physically in the wooden box at the back of the sanctuary. You can also place your offering there if you've brought it with you. Thank you for those who continue to give via text or online. We appreciate you. So join with us this Lent season and follow the Genesis Lenten calendar. 
So these are going to be daily devotional questions and prayers to expand and deepen your spiritual journey. So you can subscribe um, through our e-blast, which will come via email. So add your email to that digital green card, um, again, online or physically, um, or uh, follow the link that you should have got on the text today if you haven't already. Uh, There's also an opportunity for us to join together as small groups for this Lenten season. So we have, I think, what, six weeks um, left here. But please mark your interest on that green card or in the digital green card or sign up for a group. I think there's still some paper signups in the lobby of the small group table. And the study does start this week, but you can join at any time. So it doesn't matter if you, you know, have to work for the next three weeks and want to pop into one of those groups. So join uh, a group and gather together in this time leading up to Easter. We will be celebrating baptism on Easter Sunday. So that is April 9th. So if you would like to be baptized, please let someone from the church and leadership know and we'll get you uh, connected and more information. We'd love to be able to celebrate with you that way. And it'll be a very special time. Next Sunday, it is already almost March, right? So next Sunday is March 5th. We will be eating together, so plan to either bring a super salad uh, to share, and we'll gather together as a community down in the South Hall. So for now, let's take a few minutes to connect with one another. I believe we're going to release if there's some middle schoolers with us to head out. Um, Take a minute, say hi to someone you don't know, and we'll continue.
Good morning. Is that on? Good morning. Welcome again. A little bit of ringing. My name is Bo, and the pastor's here. We've started Lent, as you've heard. That's a season within the church that is counted 40 days before Easter. But if you do the math, there's actually more days because of the counting of those days. The Sundays don't count. So those are celebration days. So if you back up from Lent, which was last week, that was Wednesday, that was the day before, you know, you ate, the, you ate those donuts. Anybody get a punchki? That was on Tuesday. It only happens here. And then on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, and you begin counting. And then so from last Wednesday, you would count 40 days, not counting the Sundays, and that will get you to Easter. Confused yet? Welcome to the church. <laughs> but, but we're here in this season, and it, it's a time of counting of 40 days. And in this season, the first Sunday of Lent, the teaching in any churches who follow a liturgical calendar will always teach from the temptation of Jesus. There are three texts, the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all have the same story of Jesus going into the wilderness for 40 days and fasting. And while he's in the wilderness, Jesus is tempted. This is the first story. This is the first narrative that we enter as we engage into this season. So that's where we're going to go today. Before we start, I just want to do a prayer of illumination. This whole series that we're, this whole Lenten season is titled with seeking, being curious. Uh, and questions are the spot where we're leading from. All of these questions. And every text that we're going to be looking at has a question. And today's is, whose voice are you listening to? That's the question that we want to ponder. Who are you listening to? We long to be the ones who would listen to God, who would listen to life, who would listen to wisdom, who would listen to truth. And so this is just a prayer of illumination. And so I invite you, may we all be open as we pray. So join me. Holy God, listening is always easier said than done. We shuffle into this space and try to quiet our minds. But the list of distractions is long. We need your help to listen. So we ask that you would marinate us in your word. Dust the cobweb off our ears. Stir our souls awake. Crack open our hearts and make room for you. Scoop us up. Put us in your pocket. Carry us with you wherever you go. We want to hear you. Really hear you. So speak to us now. With hope, we pray. Amen. So we're in Matthew chapter 4. That will be the text that we're looking at. And it's verses 1 through 11. If you have a 
uh, Bible with you and you want to open it, you certainly can. If you have your phone and you like to follow along with that, you can. You have the Bible on there, and we'll have the words behind me. So this is in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point on the temple, and said, If you're the Son of God, jump off. For the scripture says, now this is the devil speaking here, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so that you won't hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scripture also says you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. I will give it all to you, he said. If you'll kneel down and worship me, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. 40 days of fasting, the devil comes and in the narrative begins to speak openly or tempting Jesus in these ways where Jesus does not succumb to the temptation. These are the stories. It's very interesting in these stories is that we hear Jesus respond, we hear the initiation of the devil, but beyond that, there's no other voice. Just those. There's one other storyline where we were said, wow, how interesting. Is there any other place in the Bible where the devil or deceiver speaks out loud? Is there any other narrative in some way where it's recorded for us in a way where there's a deception, where, where what has been said is being questioned? Well, absolutely. And so today, not only is Matthew 4 a text, we're going to step into Genesis chapter 3. But at first, we're going to go in Genesis chapter 2. Genesis is the first book of the Bible, and in Hebrew, it, it just, uh, the words for Genesis are Bereshit, which means in the beginning. It's just an origin story. And so in the beginning, God creates it all. It's really good. And then in chapter 2, God takes Adam and Eve to the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. But the Lord warned them and said, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For if you eat its fruit, you will surely die. So don't eat of this tree. And this is where the story picks up in Genesis 3 with another voice. The serpent, this is in Genesis 3, chapters 1 through 7. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it, or even touch it, or you'll die. Or if you do, you'll die. You won't die, the servant replied to the woman. 
God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw the tree, she saw that the tree was beautiful, its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it could give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame to their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And so here we have it, and that question, whose voice are you listening to? Now, if this is the only stories that we're looking at, it just seems that life is just one big temptation, that there's these deceiving voices that we must listen to, and we'll do the right thing, be good, just don't listen to the bad voices. But whose voice are you listening to? And in these two stories, it would seem like the only conversation that is being had is one between humanity and a deceiver, between humanity and the devil between humanity and a serpent. So don't get too hung up on the mysticalness of these stories. Was it really a snake? I don't know. But did, did the devil speak out loud, or was it only in Jesus' mind? I don't know. But yet there is a conversation with the deceiver, and yet there is a voice in which there's this opportunity to listen to or not listen to. But in these stories, it would seem as if the only voices that we must tune out is the voice of a deceiver. But what's so important in these stories, as we ask this question, who are you listening to? We actually don't get to hear how either of these stories begin. Because the beginning of these stories is where the life is. See, both of these stories, or in essence, these two, is, is this temptation to grasp hold of your identity with everything you have, to grasp hold with power, with whatever you can get, and to believe that God is the one who's withholding, but the way to life, the way to power, the way to what you want is to grasp it. And yet, if we back up, we will hear another voice at the beginning of both these stories that we have the opportunity to listen to. That the beginning of these stories is something beautiful, which is the opportunity to be like, oh, will we listen to the beginning of the story or will we listen to the temptation? So let's go to the beginning, or at least to the, big, to the a portion of these stories. And really from this, this first one, and this, this is the challenge for us, and I love this sort of writing, the, this, uh, this quote that I read, if we want to be like Jesus, we also must begin to, to first listening to the voice of God at our center. We want to first listen to the voice of God. And so we say, well, in, in this story of temptation, what was the voice of God? Was the voice of God to Adam and Eve saying, don't eat of that tree? Is it these moral commandments? Here's what's good, here's what's bad, don't do the bad thing. Is that the voice of God that they're really being tempted to disobey? No. In Genesis 1, here's the voice of God speaking over Adam and Eve. This is the original blessing upon them. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. 
They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds of the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that's what's happened in verse 31. Then God looked over all he had made. He saw and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. This is a beautiful, the original blessing is God looking over and speaking and saying, I'm going to create you in my likeness. You are like me. And so in the original temptation, here's a deceiver and says, oh, did God really say you can't eat of the tree? You can't eat of any of these trees? And he says, no, no, we're, we just can't eat of that one tree. And then we'll die. And the deceiver says, you won't die. God just doesn't want you to be like him. But what was the original blessing? I have made you in my likeness. You are already like me. I've created you for me. And yet they couldn't, the deceiver brought another lie. God's withholding. Take it and eat it. Then you'll be like God. But in the beginning was an original blessing. You're made in the image of God. The Franciscan Father Richard Rohr has this quote. He says, you are who you are through the eyes of God. Does that make sense? You, your identity is most firmly held and anchored through the eyes of God. How God sees you is how you are. You may not see yourself this way, but you are who you are through the eyes of God. Here's what I love in this narrative of Genesis 1. When God stood over all that he had made, everything, the eyes of God scanned it all and said what? Very good. Very good. Now, these are people who are, who've been told these stories. This, this is what God, when he scans over. Now, th- he knows us and fully. Does this mean we're out without fault and we're, we don't have nastiness? No, that's all true of us. We're weak and, and pathetic at times. But yet, through God's eyes, he looks over us. And over his creation, created his likeness and says, very good. You are who you are through the eyes of God. Another way to describe this is the way of describing mirroring. Anybody heard that term to mirror with someone? We do this beautifully with children. You mirror with children. Meaning that if Greg was my baby here, it's a beautiful child, Right? What his face, my face will do. We mirror. So when Greg, as a baby, cries and hurts, 
what kind of face do I have? Oh, are you okay? Oh, yeah, right? We're, we're, we're empathizing, we're mirroring that face. He's receiving. And so what a mirror does when you put your face in a legitimate mirror, it, it reflects. It reflects, it gently but perfectly reflects back to you. What mirroring doesn't do is if he's weeping and crying, the mirror image doesn't laugh in that face. So how about you turn to the person next to you, and would somebody be the one who's hurt? <laughs> and would someone next to them laugh? Yeah, it's hard to do, right? It's actually really challenging to do. That, that's not mirroring. That's evil. Right? So this idea is that who we really are is through the eyes of God. And so what, what is God's face and eyes towards us in our reality? And yet, and yet, many of us believe that the eyes of God, the face of God towards us, if God were to look upon us in this moment, would be disappointment, downcast shame, ridicule. He'd be like, I mean, I, I, yeah, I made you and I like, kind of like you, but I'm really pretty disappointed. Yet our culture it continues to teach us, if you do better, God will like you. Right? Instead of what is, what is the face of God, who we are, is through the eyes of God. So what are the eyes of God towards us? What is the face of God towards us? And I believe from the beginning of the story, this is of no, this is of incredible importance. When God looked over the collective of it all, doesn't mean that God doesn't feel pain and suffer over tragedy and injustice, but yet when he looks over all the good creation, he says, very good. That's, the, that's one of the first words. After creation, a blessing, very good. That's the word that they carry in. That's, that's the voice in which they will either choose to listen to or they will choose to be deceived from. And how ironic in the temptation of Jesus, it's very similar. If we're to be like Jesus... We also must begin by first listening to the voice of God at our center. So who are you listening to? So here's the first word of Jesus. So in Jesus, when he was moved into the desert, into the temptation, immediately before this, God speaks. It's the last thing that happens before Jesus goes into the desert. Right? Is it the last words here? We're going to read it. Yeah, it is. It's like, the, it's like the Spirit drives him to the desert. But just before that, God speaks, and it said his baptism. And it was how beautiful Nate last week taught on this, but he taught on it on the transfiguration where God speaks there too. But before Jesus goes into the desert in temptation, this is in Matthew chapter 3. He is baptized in this beautiful act. And for those of you who would, who would be interested in being baptized, let us know. We're going to be talking about that more coming up. But Jesus is baptized, and this is in verse 16. After his, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, 
the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. That's the first word. This is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. And then immediately, the Spirit moves Jesus into the wilderness for a time of 40 days of fasting, and the deceiver comes and speaks, and what does he ask? If you're the Son of God. Hey, he's telling, no, you need to grasp your identity. Now, this isn't, this isn't anchored for you. This isn't settled. This is unsettled if you're in or out. And so let me, let me prove it for you how you can be in, Jesus. Take hold of this. Grasp a hold of this. This is really who you are. Turn the bread. Turn the stones into bread. If this is really who you are, show your power. Go up to the temple. Make a religious spectacle out of it. And you know what? And, and then Satan quotes a beautiful scripture. Like one that all of us would be like, that's a, that's a really nice word from God, right? If you throw yourself off, he'll protect you and all this. And just like, no. And the, all these are about power. Grasp it. It's not settled. Take the power. And yet, from the beginning, it's settled. You are mine. You are mine, my beloved. The New Testament writers actually say this was settled for us as well. They're wrestling with some really interesting things. They say, from the foundation of the world, Jesus was crucified and has chosen you. Before it even all started, before anything was even created, this was settled. And this first word was spoken. You are my child. You are mine. And I delight in you. What does that look like in the eyes of another? What does that delight look like? Has anyone ever mirrored that for you? Where you sense their just utter delight in you. Not because you've done anything spectacular, but just for who you are. This is the first word. And so when it comes to temptation, when it comes to this, which voice will you listen to? Did you know there was another voice speaking? Did you know that there was another voice that had spoken out this beautiful truth of, oh, you're good. There was another voice that spoke out that said, you're my child. I delight in you. There's one that sees you just as you are, every bit of it. There's no illusion. None of that. But yet, loves. That we don't have to fight for that. We don't have to grasp for that. Many of us believe that transformation comes when we, our behavior matches what we long for. Really, transformation comes when we experience deep, deep love and usually deep, deep suffering. 
when we've, been, when we've experienced a lot of pain and experienced the God who's with us in it all and the God who pours out deep love on us. Which voice are you listening to? Culturally, the ones we will hear the easiest are the ones that tell us you're not measuring up. You don't, the voice of the deceiver that says, take a hold of your identity or you need to prove it. Prove you're a man or a woman or you're successful or you're beautiful or you're wanted or you're liked. Prove that you have a place here. Prove you belong. Prove that you fit in. Prove that people are pleased with you. It's the deceptor. Which voice are you listening to? And so during this Lent, we want to tune ourselves in and just take notice. What voice are you listening to? The voice that declares original blessing for you? One that, one that declares you're on the outside. You're actually not in yet. You need to prove it. Sometimes even the ideas when we hear this of God speaking good over us. For those of you who've been in church, we've been in places where we even take some of the words of Jesus and we use them against ourselves. There was a time when somebody said, good teacher, and then Jesus says, no one's good besides God. And so immediately we begin to use Jesus's words against him. When at the beginning of creation, God spoke out and said, this is very good. Can you receive it? Can you take hold of it? Whose voice are you listening to? And so in this season, so we, uh, during the Lent one, if you subscribe to the calendar, there's one question every day and then a prayer. And so if you're interested in that, it just allows you to be curious. And so all the questions this week will be related to that conversation. And so the question for today is, what voices are helpful in your life right now? That's the question. You know which voices are not helpful for me? Twitter. Man, that place is toxic. Right? Especially with Christians and stuff. Oh, my word. I stopped going on Facebook, so I'm like, okay, I'll go to Twitter now, right, just to <laughs> find another spot to distract me and take my time. This will be better, right? And it's like, no, this is terrible. Now, if you guys are following somebody who's got good stuff in there, let me know, because whatever's filling my feed with is just accusation and ridicule and shame. It's not helpful. That, that voice is not helpful. So you, what voices are helpful in your life right now? And then every day there's a prayer. And so then you can continue to follow those where you can ask them and just kind of grow in wisdom. The next question, like tomorrow, is like, who inspires your faith? For you to trust, right? To trust that you're anchored in God's love. And what's so fun about that is that you can even think about the people you could probably even send them a, a text saying, you know what, this was the question today, and, and you did it. I was, I was sitting in here today, and um, I was looking at the glass 
the, the windows. Because when Sharon taught, I don't know if Sharon, maybe a year or two ago, you pointed out your favorite panel. Which one is it? The Alpha and the Omega? Right in there with that A? For the, the one looks like the horseshoe where it's like, you know, the Irish, the luck of the Irish. Uh, my favorite is, uh, it's, the, um, it's not the top one in this third row, but it's that, it's that anchor with the Celtic cross on the top. And I love that kind of, um, that picture of anchored in the love of Jesus. And that's what I think about when even this text, it's like, what's the first word spoken over me about my identity? Deeply loved. That's the first word by God. And the cross of Jesus is a demonstration to the extent of how deep that love goes. That's the first word. So when it comes to, for me, in the deceptor and what I'm listening to, that's, what they're, that's the contrast. Am I listening to that? I am deeply loved in my identity in God. I'm not always anchored in that. I am tossed, you know, by all the waves and fears and concerns. But there's something beautiful about being a part of this community. We can come together and remind each other of what is true what Jesus was showing us, what God spoke from the beginning, and for our theology to actually to match what God has spoken. So may it be. May your ears be open to listen. And so here's, here's what we're going to... I want to pause just for a second. And so during the Lent, one of the things is about some spiritual practices that you may want to step into in this season for listening. Like what, what could be a practice that could help you stay attuned. And that's going to be one of the questions this week, to really to listen. So we can discern, who are we listening to today? What's the voice that has our attention? And maybe that spiritual practice could be to some centering prayer. I loved one of the suggestions that, that I gave in the materials that we were going through, and I believe it's in the small group materials, and it was about every night just surrendering your burdens to Jesus. And it was like, you know what, I, that sounds like something I need to do. <laughs> and that would be, like, be really good. But what's anchored in me surrendering my burdens to Jesus is, the Jesus is that Jesus cares for all of the trials and the struggles and the heaviness that I'm going through and our family's going through and is with me. That's going to that's gonna be my attempt, at least for one of the practices that I have an intention of picking up for Lent was just nightly to be like, oh, here's my burden, Jesus. So in this moment, let's just pause and just listen. We just want to create a little moment. And maybe you can even ask that question. Maybe you can just listen for the whisper of the Spirit of God, saying, what are you wanting to say to me? Listen for that original voice, that original blessing, that first voice that spoke over Jesus and that speaks over creation. And may we pause and may we be able to hear as well. Marty's going to come up and, and do a song after probably just 30 seconds of silence. And then Jerry's going to come up and we're going to just do an affirmation of faith together. And then she's going to send us out 
with a blessing. And so, Father, our ears are open to listen to you. And you're so merciful, we're distracted in this moment of silence. Let us pause and hear your words over us.
you remain standing, we'll do an affirmation of faith together. It should be on the screen behind me. I'll start, and together we will say the words in bold. In a world full of noise, we believe that God is speaking. In a world full of chaos, we believe that God is singing. In a world full of temptation, we believe God is healing. Church, who will you listen to? We will listen to God, our creator, friend, and guide. Church, what will you listen for? We will listen for water in the desert, for wind in the spirit, for the laughter of children, for the sound of open doors, and for God's voice who calls us beloved. Amen. And now as we end our time together, a benediction. As you leave this place, may God bless you with seeking. Seek out the hungry, seek the weary, seek the good in every person you pass. Seek out the hopeful, seek the faithful, seek God in each of us. As you seek and as you wonder, may you find what you are looking for. In the name of our loving God, who is always seeking us, go now in peace. Amen. <laughs>